guys, this is Nick. In the name of the FC Schalke Nofia team, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thanks for supporting us in the U.S., and hopefully there will be many more episodes of your podcast in the future. Glück auf! Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum Nassensiger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast worldwide. This is episode 105 of Schalke America and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on the show, as always, is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this Sunday evening? Doing about as well as I think anyone could expect, given the circumstances. So, hanging in there, doing okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Look, I mean, Chalka forces you to drink sometimes, and you drink a little more than you want to, but uh, it is what Drink it is. responsibly, folks. I'm working That's on right. scotch tonight, though. It's definitely a, uh, definitely a scotch weekend after that performance. Yeah. No doubt about that. Um, it was a strange weekend, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, obviously, going into the match against Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg was, uh, you know, the top 10. Um, a fairly decent, having a fairly decent season. Um, we knew it was going to be tough. Uh, you know, last week was the game we, we really wanted to win against Mainz. Did not do so. Um, and so it was always going to be tough. And I mean, if the one thing I knew going into this match is that there's a guy named Veghorst that you really should probably cover because he torched us last game. Didn't really happen this game, did it, Jack? Uh, but uh, let's get into the lineups uh, in this one. So uh, Wolfsburg came out in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, Castiles in goal. They had a back four of Baku, Lacroix, Brooks, and Roussillon. Uh, they had a uh, five in the midfield with Schlager, Arnold, uh, Brekalou, Mehmedi, and Stefan. And then up top, they had the big man, Veghorst. Anything in this lineup that's really that you were surprised about? I mean, it's something we knew about. This is a very strong lineup. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anything surprising from this lineup? Not a ton. Um, there's There's just a lot of players in the Wolfsburg team that uh, you you feel like at any moment can can come up and make the difference. Um, so I mean, we, we talk about like Stefan Mamedi, Brekalo. None of those. Guys, I mean, even Veghorst has been has been good. I mean, the last like against season, us, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like a lot of these guys are not people that you would consider to be like uh, you know maybe the first couple names you think of when you think of the most dangerous attacking players in the Bundesliga. Yeah. But they're all totally capable guys and and people that you all have to kind of be aware of. And um, I mean, it, I think they each had moments in this game where they were causing us problems on different ends of the field so uh yeah it was always going to be a tough challenge coming into this one you know Wolfsburg off to a decent start and um you know pretty much any team at this point is uh, a tough ask for us um when we're you know drawing against Mainz or you know some of our closest company at, at the table so um yeah <laughs> and it uh didn't didn't go particularly well but we'll get into that in a second no, it didn't. And I think if there's any team in the Bundesliga that, that gets hurt more by the Geisterspiel with no fans in the, in the attendance than than us, I don't know who it would be because it seems like when Schalke, in the, in the, in, in, historically at least, you know, when we've not played well at home, at least the fans would get on us and get us kick, get us to you know, notch it up a gear, at least to be average, <laughs> not to, you know, keep this poor play up. But anyway, the, the formation that came out was the 3-1-4-2 and, you know, uh, we just came out with the um, uh, manual bound tactics on YouTube uh, on our YouTube page and check that out. But it seems like Jack that the formation that we've been going with recently, uh, more oftentimes than not, is a three-one-four-two. And in this game, obviously Frederick Renov, uh in goal, he seems to be our best player of the season so far. Unfortunately, 
Um, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Uh, the back three was actually Malik Tiao, Benjamin Stambouli, and Matija Nastasic. Uh, our holding midfielder would be Omar Mascarell. Our attacking midfielders would be uh, Kilian Ludovic, Bastian Ochipka, Suat Serdar, and Amin Harit. And then up top, you had Mark Ut and Gonzalo Paciencia. A uh, pretty standard lineup for us, uh, but there were some uh, some players or a player that would have raised eyebrows, wasn't it? Yeah, so uh, Salif Sine, unfortunately, injured on international duty. Uh, he was out of this one, and now uh, recent news today is looking like they're evaluating whether or not he's going to need surgery uh, for this injury. He could be out you know, upwards of a month or so. Uh, yeah. That's about you know the last thing we need. At this point in time, uh, the defense has been um, a mess all season. Uh, and we were finally looking like we were kind of starting to gain some momentum with that. And then, you know, now we're going to lose Sine again for a bit. Um, this was the case last year as well. We had a lot of issues with center back depth. Uh, Ozan Kabak also out of the lineup. Um, once again, just coming back from international duty. Um, so, you know, he'd had a, a brutal week with travel and, and minutes and everything like that. So uh, that's why we saw Stambouli slot back in to the back line. Um, I, I was not pleased to see that i would have much preferred and we, we i think we had already said this on a recent podcast was um much rather see a back four without stambouli than having stambouli slot back in um and I, I ultimately i think i said something similar on twitter but uh yeah it seems like manuel bomb is trying to gain some momentum with the system that he's using you can call it a couple different things i still see it often in possession of sort of like a three three two two mm-hmm. um yeah and uh so, I mean, I, I guess I understand from Manuel Baum's point of view of like if he thinks that this is kind of how he wants to go forward and the team's getting comfortable with it and starting to develop some chemistry in it and that kind of thing. And so you just want to slot Stambouli in there to, to maintain the integrity of what you're working on. I understand that. But um, I, I think Stambouli's been off the pace all season. I think he proved that once again today. Um, or not today, but, you know, this weekend, I should say. And, um, yeah, so that, w- that was not promising going into it. But beyond that, the, the, you know, the formation, uh, the, the rest of the selection, I think, was – relatively standard it was nice to see Suat Serdar back in obviously because he's had his uh struggles with injuries as well recently yeah and I was uh you know holding my breath every time he was playing just you know the whole whatever how many minutes he had it was 70 minutes or something like that um because you don't want to see him injured the last two times we've seen him play he got injured so uh that's the last thing we wanted again don't want to rush him out there too much but you know in theory this three one four two, how it starts at least like I say it changes throughout the game defensively it should be fairly stout when you get the two uh, wing backs come back to help and then you got technically six people in front of the box there uh and then when offensively you can also have just as many bodies uh going to the attacking goal so it should work out when the players play uh unfortunately it's not working well for us at the moment and uh the last thing we wanted to do is give up a goal early. And of course, that like we mentioned before, Veghurst is the guy who tends to, you know, um, make us pay for it, I guess. And uh, in the third minute, um, about Veghurst would get the goal, a header uh, off a corner kick off of uh, Maximilian Arnold. Uh, poor marking there. At first, I wanted to give the, the blame to Malik Tiao, but I think looking at the replay, it looked like it was uh, Nastasic's one to blame because he looked like he was just pushed off the ball easily. Uh, bodied off the ball, I should say, but easily by Nastasic, and then uh, Tiao just didn't get there in time. What'd you see? And I think there's some criticism that can be directed um, Nastasic's way on the second goal as well. But yeah, on this one, it looks like he's uh, marking. um, Wow, uh, 
Veghorst, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, who, who, who starts off his position, I think, behind John Brooks to get some separation yeah. between him and his mark. And as he comes around John Brooks, Nastasic just never really makes consistent like body contact with him and just kind of gets shoved off and loses him. It, there's no foul or anything like that. Veghorst is just a strong guy. Yeah. Um, and he creates separation far too easily. And there's this awkward handoff between Melik Chow and, and Nastasic that takes place. And, and you know, it's not, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's really. Chow's fault at all, yeah. in my opinion. I think yeah. I think the Stasich kind of loses him. It makes a half-hearted effort a little bit too much to marking him, and uh, ultimately, it's a really nice header, um, kind of glancing um, away from him back post, and uh, not the way that we needed to to start this game. It's you know the one thing we need to avoid more than anything. I mean, even even if we're not going to score goals or you know whatever, you you would like to see that goal potentially come a little bit later in the match as opposed to you know two three minutes in starting with that gut punch the psychology of this team as we know is, is so fragile and um not in the best place at the moment so that was that was that was tough to see yeah it definitely was tough to see and uh it's not at all how we wanted to start the game um you know more than anything we're a team that needs to get that first goal just to kind of get any kind of confidence back and and having that gut punch to a team that's you know far superior than you uh it's not a way to do it and so you, your career is always when a first, when a goal happens how the other team is going to react um we did not react it seemed like it was a heavyweight fight it looked like mike tyson going out for the knockout punch in the first round i mean I, at one point wolfsburg had something like 14 shots in the first 10 minutes or something crazy i mean they were throwing everything at uh, frederick Grunov. uh to his credit he made some big saves in this game he had to because uh, there was no one playing defense in front of him Wolfsburg was just shredding us apart left and right. Uh, and it culminated in the 24th minute when a goal uh, by Schlager, uh, he gets the goal, makes it 2 nothing. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, it's a route, Jack. Yeah, so the thing that initially kicks this off is something that had been taking place on a number of occasions. I think potentially the first time I saw it was as early as the 7th or the 8th minute where Benjamin Stampuli, who's who's playing in the center of that back three, will step up super aggressively um, to try to like deny ball or, or, you know, or put somebody under pressure, whether it's Veghorst who's dropping deeper or somebody, whoever it is. And we, we saw him do this against Bayern. We saw him do it a couple times early in the season where he was getting punished for it consistently because he has no recovery speed and it completely pulls the defense out of its shape. Now, if that's somehow part of the game plan for both Wagner and Manuel Baum hmm. is for Stan Bully to be doing those things, then okay. But I find that very hard to believe and it's been a consistent issue. So um, in this situation, once again, Veghorst drops deep. He receives a ball from, um, I think it was left back, right? Yeah. Brucio potentially. Yeah. Stan Bully comes all the way out. Um, and then uh, you can see Schlager. This is like a set play for them, essentially, almost for us. You can see Schlager is is watching this take place. And he pops out so that he's available for a quick touch from Veghorst, who knows he's going to be under pressure from Stan Bully. It's almost like they planned this. Yep. And then immediately Veghorst turns towards goal. There's a there's a numerical advantage. Then it's like a three you know three v two or whatever it is, and um you know ball goes wide. Ultimately comes back in and and, and they're able to uh to score. And it was like Schlager and, and uh, Veghorst were both teeing up for it. Like I mean it was just whoever wants to get there first because it's not going to be a Schalke player. It's going to be one of the Wolfsburg guys. And yeah. um yeah it just, it's just unfortunate because it's, it's the kind of mistake um at least I would call it a mistake that we've seen on a number of occasions from Stambouli. And it's something that we saw happen on multiple occasions earlier in the match. And I'm sitting there at my TV, like calling this out and like, this has to stop. And then naturally you get punished for it. And it's, it's frustrating. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, it's just, it, it seems to me to be like just an individual mistake largely, I guess. The, oh, sorry. The only other thing you can mention, I apologize. Um, Nastasic, that entire play yeah. is really marking no one. No. 
and, and when this thing kicks off, he's not really close to anybody. And then instead of trying to like rush in and put a body on Veghorst or disrupt the passing lane or do something, he ultimately just kind of ghosts into the side of the box and tries to block the shot. Sort of, but yeah, I mean, just super weak effort from Nostasic, in my opinion, tracking back and stopping this. We saw something similar for him um, against Dortmund with the uh, Erling Haaland goal where he just like doesn't react and doesn't, you know what I mean? It, I don't know. It's so that was frustrating too, but um, this is the kind of stuff that's got to stop because it, it's, it's, I, I think the players are better than this and, and it's, it's putting us in a bad position. This is one of the worst games I've seen from Nastasic, I think, from a tactical standpoint. It just he was all over the place and making mistakes and not being where he was supposed to be. I mean, like like you mentioned the in the Erling Haaland goal and in, in, in the Riviera Derby. Yeah, you know, he probably should have read that run because the run was coming from a mile away. But this is a play that he was in the box and he's just not doing giving no effort it looked like. I'm not, I'm not saying he wasn't, but it just looked like and it, and you know, basically led the two goals uh, for Wolfsburg off the top and um we just did not react at all that first half was just atrocious to watch and i mean we looked like a relegation team in that first half couldn't do anything it was one-way traffic uh, we had to, we had we had a chance at last well before i get to that in the 39th minute enough's enough they pulled i mean harik because i didn't even know he's in the game until the 39th minute he gets pulled by Baum finally uh and and then benito Rahman comes in and he gets a shot off just before halftime but I mean, that was really it. I mean, it wasn't much going on in the first half, and we look pitiful, Jack. So what did you make of that decision to pull Harit, you know, before the halftime whistle from Manuel Baum? It was, I think, one, he was pissed off at Harit for not not being there. But two, it's a wake-up call. Like, look, this is our best player. I'm taking him off the pitch because we need to do something. We need to react. I don't know if that's what it was, but that's what it seemed to me. But, you know, Harit was the man you need to take off because he was absolutely nowhere. At least Serdar was trying to do some stuff early on. Uh, unsuccessfully at times, but at least he was in the game. Harit, I didn't even see involved at all. Like I said, 39th minute, I'm like, oh yeah, he was playing. I forgot. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I was watching. Um, I was I was on a video call with a buddy of mine who kind of supports Wolfsburg. Shout out Adam. Um, uh, throughout these this entire game, we were just kind of hanging out as the game was taking place. And I I mentioned to him around like the 18th minute, I I, I pointed out that some of the body language from a couple of the guys was already turning for the worse. Um, and one of the guys I was talking about was Harit at that point and so for Manuel Baum to, to pull him out 20 minutes later it was surprising in the sense that you all you don't I mean you don't often see first half substitutions and also Harit is you know supposedly supposed to be a star player and at his best absolutely is huge x factor when he's when he's you know when he's locked in but um yeah I mean he's he passing wasn't great in this one and he, just the the energy and the effort that's what I was saying you know a couple times this season so far was people are criticizing Harit because he wasn't as involved offensively as he has been, but at least I was seeing the buy-in um, defensively right. and in terms of some of the pressing and stuff didn't see it as much in this one. And it was, and he just jogged straight to the locker room. I don't know if you noticed that. Like he I didn't saw like, that. No, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, it, so that, that wasn't good either in my opinion. Um, and you know, maybe there was something else going on that we don't, that we don't see, but it seemed to just be performance related. Um, so, I mean, shout out to Manuel Baum for doing it. I think it was the right call, but uh, not a good sign going forward because that's not that's not the kind of thing you want to see you you need harit optimally to be to be one of the guys that's leading the way if we're going to have success this year you know yeah no no 100 percent um and then another substitution happened another guy we've been criticizing here so far first 17 minutes of this podcast benjamin stambouli he comes off at halftime they brought in skripsky uh and they adjusted the, the back line a little bit to accommodate for that but um yeah i just a couple players in, Something needed to happen. The players were not reacting whatsoever. You know, Manuel, Manuel Ball can do only so much from the sidelines. He's not out there actually playing. Uh, so he made a couple moves there. 
wanted to see what the boys are going to react. And they, and they reacted fairly well, not not the greatest. Uh, they actually looked better than the second half than the first half, at least. Uh, early on, you had an opportunity to Paciencia. He had a, uh, some nice skillful play that he um, nearly scored on. Uh, I don't know, took the ball from Ramon or somebody else. I don't remember who it was, Skripsky maybe, but uh, did nice thing. And unfortunately, he had the shot right into the goalie. Uh, but yeah. The team had some more shots. They gave up a lot of shots as well. Renault have had some big saves in that second half, point-blank saves. Uh, I forget who it was against, but, I mean, my goodness, um, at least it looked more competitive in that second half. Um, still slanted towards Wolfsburg, but uh, what you make of the reaction from the team coming out of the halftime? Yeah, I thought it was good. I think at one point uh, one of the match commentators mentioned that in the first, like, 10 or so minutes after – the second half had started Schalke were winning like 66% of the duels that were taking place. So yeah. definitely more high energy. I, th- I thought Benito Raman and, and Skripsky, their introduction was big. Um, that seemed to give us the width that we've been missing for a lot of the season. We've talked yeah. about that on previous episodes. It's just, um, and, and remember, remember last week when I was critical of Gonzalo Paciencia and I, and I walked some of that back, but you, you were in it. I don't think it's his fault, by the way, entirely is what yeah. I'm trying to say yeah. is, but if you watch that first half, Gonzalo Paciencia is occupying positions that a winger would occupy well, to right. receive yep. the ball. Yep. And then he's the one that's trying to play across into the center of the box. That is not a winning formula. That is not where you no. want him to be. Um, and, and in the second half, you were able to see him stay central much more often and be the one on the receiving end of certain things because you were seeing Benito Raman get up high to the left. I mean, there, there's, there's periods of time in possession, even before we've really advanced the ball that highly, when there was almost like a front four of like Benito Raman and, and, and Mark Ud and, and Paciencia and Skripsky on the other side. And, and that seemed to open things up in the midfield a little bit because it was, it was, it was stretching them out. Um, I, I thought that helped us in our ability to get forward and, and create some chances in the second half. Um, and uh, Bentaleb I thought was fairly tidy yeah. when he came in as well, which was nice to see. Nice um, feet on, on one play. He went around like three guys just, like it was nothing. And like, yeah, I do remember that see. play. I think that actually set up a set up a shot as well, ultimately on like a counterattack. But yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, I mean, like Skripsky would not be a guy typically that I would say like he's somebody I really think needs to be in the starting XI. But I think in his performances this season so far, he's been pretty good for the most part. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. And, and, I, and I do think that like, you know, you've seen it in a couple games now where Bernito Ramon has, has, has improved things when he's come on the pitch. Um, so I think we maybe need to consider starting him from the beginning too. I mean, if for no other reason that we also know that regardless of what he does offensively, we know that he's going to work his ass off without the ball as well, which, which is important. I mean, the, 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 the difference between like him and Harit, for instance, in that regard is at least in this game was significant. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, just to stay on the Skripsky and, and Ramon point, you know, yes, it was, you know, to look back at the Schweinfurt game, yes, it was, you know, a DFP pull match against a lower level team. Uh, but, you know, Skripsky and Ramon played in that game and linking up with Mark Ut, you know, those two played, you know, very wide, like you said, and were able to, you know, keep those areas, keep Paciencia or whoever, Ibisevich in that game in the middle, and Mark Ut could be able to operate in the middle. That seemed to be work, the flow seemed better. And when those two came on, you seem to get that a little bit more, uh, which is good. So maybe they need to build off of that somehow. Uh, in another introduction, we talked. You talked about Bentela playing well uh, when he came in. As did Katuchu. I thought the play we mentioned that uh, Bentela made those plays. I think it ended up going to Katuchu somehow and ended up being offsides. I think he got a nice shot off. It was wide. He should have, you know, gotten back to the net. And, yeah, but, and that, that was. I mean, there was a lot of finishing issues in this game. Katuchu included yeah. that that shot. Yeah. Good shot. Good pace. Yeah. Good. 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 I mean, close to where it needed to be, but also off target. And, and Paciencia missed 
yeah. uh, misplaced a number of ones. I mean, we had chances in this game. We did. I'm and not then, saying there was a lot of great, super clear-cut chances, but yeah. we had we had enough chances to score a goal, and we just didn't take advantage of it. Uh, unfortunately, our best opportunity came in, in stoppage time when Benito Roman fired off a rocket that, that Castillo just got a tip on and hit the post and, and stayed out. But, uh, I mean, that was the best chance of the game. We had a lot more fight in that second half once we made those substitutions, but uh, that first half was piss poor, Jack. And if uh, we're going to continue playing like that, it's going to be a long winter, long season. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, but, you know, I think just in terms of energy, like, you know, guys like guys like Skripsky, Benito Raman, those are the guys that need to be playing. I mean, it, it's not I don't think at this point it's about necessarily about who who's your best player in terms of high ceiling. Put him in the starting lineup. Who has the most heart? It, 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 I mean, it, I'm not even saying that, like, you know, Benito Raman is like playing for the playing for the badge or something like that. I don't give a sh- I don't I mean, I don't care what they're playing for, but it, it's just it, I mean, yeah, it, it's who's who's out there putting in the shift and doing what they can. Um, and, and I think there's, you know, some guys that are potentially working their way into the team as a result of that. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder, I mean, Bentaleb has had, has been inconsistent this season so far. Um, but I, I mean, God, if he, if he could get back to playing reasonably good, you would love to have him in the middle of the field. Cause once again, part of the problem, especially when we're not getting that with is just the initial passing and transition is yeah. awful. Yeah. And we just can't connect any passes together. And you would think if you can get like Serdar healthy, get a guy like Bentaleb playing consistently that you'd be able to change some of that. But um, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm going to read this comment here and I'm, and I'm, and it's about Stambouli and Mascarell. Uh, okay. And I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, this comes from at Glenn twit stuff. Uh, he says, Stambouli was trying to charge through the midfield because Mascarell won't. Uh, how many games are we going to say that Harit went missing? Ramon is an offensive weapon that we keep on the bench. Stop passing backwards. Lose while attacking, not waiting for it to happen. Uh, so I want to focus more on the comments about Mascarell and Stambouli. Do you think, and we saw a lot of that, we saw a lot of uh, Stambouli charging up, like you mentioned. Uh, he's done this many times in the past. Do you think he was doing it in this game because Mascarell simply wasn't? Mascarell, I thought, was way too passive in this game. And uh, though for someone in position, that position, we want to not hear too much of him because usually that means he's doing good i don't think he was necessarily doing good in 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 his no nonsense way i don't know what i don't know how to describe it but um what were your thoughts on the mascarell stambouli comments i mean if you want to if you want to call mascarell out for not being involved enough that's fine i don't i don't think the solution for that if you're stambouli is to completely throw off the shape of your back line and and create opportunities in the way that he has been consistently all season um yeah so i mean i i i don't i don't take stambouli off the hook for that um i don't know and i i guess i have to pay more attention to to mascarell because i mean there's there's i mean i see some of the things you see i I don't feel like he's one of the guys that's been like the main issue this season though yeah no i don't um and i i feel like he's maybe getting a disproportionate amount of of blame yeah i don't know i feel i feel the same way with mascarell sometimes that i felt with mckinney which is yeah. where like he was just like an easy punching bag for some reason yeah. and it's like you know we, we i defended mckinney a lot i never said he was a fantastic player but i felt like you know he wasn't significantly worse than a lot of other people yeah. when the whole team was playing poorly and he just seemed to get a lot of i feel like that's what's going on with mascarell now but i could i could be i could be in the minority on that yeah and it certainly was on a lot of things uh last last episode so <laughs> i mean yeah, that's, that's for one yeah that's true. yeah uh you know you were just talking about betelab doing fairly well uh, this game, but it wasn't, it wasn't like last game where he was non-existent like Harit was in this game. It was it was some game. So he's very inconsistent and unfortunate because 
if he was just at least consistent, we can at least build around that. And we don't know where we're going to get with him. Sometimes when we start him, he plays poor. And if we bring him on the bench, he plays great. Maybe just better playing off the bench. I don't know. Bring him up halftime. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, Leaf Leafson six says, uh, uh, should Abisevich get playing time? Uh, and we talked about this, how, you know, between the two strikers, maybe, you know, obviously Abisevich has a better, better nose for goal. He's had a proven career of getting a goal in. And, and I think he needs to be on the pitch at some point. Uh, there's probably a reason why he didn't play in this game, which we're going to get to in a second. But um, do you think he should get more playing time? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I, he's I've been, older. I, I mean, I've been fine with the role that he's had so far, which is mostly like closer to the end of the game, bring him on. He can disrupt things. He's pretty good in the air for long balls, that kind of a thing. And I, I think he's played pretty well when he has gotten opportunities yep. in limited minutes. I think he's been at, at, at worst like – pretty similar to anybody else when he's been out there. I don't think that there's like a downgrade that takes place significantly when he comes into the, the game late on. But yeah. um, I also don't think that he needs to suddenly be worked into the starting lineup more often. Yeah. And some of that may also depend on what ended up happening with this scuffle that took place between him and Naldo in training, um, whether or not that's viewed as a disciplinary thing or viewed as just sort of like, you know, a disagreement where emotions are running high and it's actually a good thing because it means people are fired up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we don't know too much about it. We just know that there was a scuffle between and when we, we hear scuffle, a scuffle can mean many things. It could just be a verbal exchange or it could be actually, you know, fisticuffs. Um, well, I, I heard they had to be separated. Yeah, well, that still could like, be the same thing. Though. Separated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there could be yeah, just been each other's face, but it was between Uth and Naldo, an assistant coach. Yes, the assistant coach. Uh, and it could be for a number of things. Abisevich and Naldo. Abisevich and Naldo. Who does yeah, yeah. say? Uth. Uth, yeah. Well, speaking of Uth, uh, we, we do got to bring up Uth because after the game, there was a post uh, post match interview, and he was lit up. He was pissed off, and and rightly so. Uh, I'll, I'll just uh, you know um, paraphrase what he was saying. He was saying that uh, after the match, you know, we're playing so bad. It's sad that we come here to play, and we just look so powerless when we're playing football. Um, every time there's a, a loose ball, we're always a step too late. Every time uh, we don't even get into duels, we don't even get yellow cards. We're like we're not trying at all, and it's the players that we have here. Uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be better. Um, that's what I want to see from a player. Is you know, granted he he didn't even have a great of a game, but you know he's taking ownership. He's saying we need to do better. We can do better. And he's a veteran, one of the veterans. He's you know 29 or whatever. Um, also, Ibisevich and Naldo, they're, they're elder statesmen on the team. Why are the elder guys the ones stepping up and and being pissed off? Where's the younger guys with the passion? Last year we had at least that that they were the ones fighting. Now it's a couple of the older guys, the veterans that are trying to. Uh, light things up. I mean, where is everybody else? Well, the, the Oot interview was was tough to watch because I mean, you could see how affected he was by it. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't anger. Yeah, it was more like 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 heartbroken frustration. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, uh, I think he said something yeah. like, "I'm gonna go in the locker room and scream" or something like that. Or I mean, he, yeah, he just he just looked like he was at a total loss for words. And yeah. one of the things that he said, which was funny, is that you know, like Manuel Baum is like least to blame of anybody. It's with the players, and and that's that's something that we've mentioned. At least I've mentioned a couple of times recently. Is yeah. it's like yeah, we, you know, I th- I think we both supported David Wagner being shown the door because at some point, I mean, you have to change things if if nothing's getting better and, and things are, you know, you you have to try something new. But you know, I mean, if we see the same kind of thing um, from this team under the stewardship of Manuel Baum that we've seen under Wagner or under Tedesco at times. Um, I, I think all signs kind of point to this being an issue with the players themselves and the psychology. I mean, if we if we get to, you know, Christmas a month from now, and we still haven't won a game, and we haven't seen any tangible signs of an improvement, I mean, like 
is that okay let's fire Manuel Brahm and bring somebody else in at that point I mean like the question that that keeps coming up to me is like is Schalke a puzzle that like can be solved and we just don't have the right guy trying to solve the puzzle or at this point is it is this puzzle just missing pieces and it doesn't matter how many people like you know who you put in to, to, to look at it and analyze it and tinker with it and try to put the thing together you just don't have what you need you just don't have enough to, to, to complete the picture I think there's talent enough to win on this team. I just think the me- the missing piece is, you know, mental or something. I don't know what it is. Something it's probably some it's probably some stupid and small that's gonna one day it's gonna click and like, oh, this is how we play. We should have been listening the whole time. Um, I'm trying to find this real quick. Uh, we got we were messaged uh, over the weekend by our our friend in the chat group we have uh, during during match days, uh, Edwin Goodwin, and he was asking us, you know, like what are your thoughts on on Baum? Should they should they let him go? Should they keep him? And we're like. Who are you gonna bring on? I mean, we would love to say that's the, that's the, the elixir right there, right? You just get a new manager and he'll figure it out. But there's no guarantee. We did those. We just had Baum come in and nothing's really changed. Yeah, and for me, the, it's way pre- too premature for that conversation. Yeah. Is just because like, you know, Wagner had the first couple games of the season and all of preseason. So you know, I think, but I, I do think that we've gotten past now the stage of Manuel Baum has been given several games and a couple international breaks to, to kind of create a foundation and get things going. Yeah. And so, you know, this Wolfsburg game is part of a series of games where I'm expecting to see growth from the team. Um, and I think this was in a lot of ways, a step back from the Mainz game. Um, yeah. and, and that's unfortunate. So, I mean, maybe, maybe we get Ozan Kabak back in the lineup. Maybe that helps things. I don't know. I, Maybe. I don't know what the answers are, but it, it does increasingly seem like this is something that the players are going to have to work out on their own somehow. Yeah. And that's not promising because it keeps happening over and over again, season, you know, by season. It's it's not a new phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, someone who's in our chat right now, Dirk, uh, he had a nice comment uh, on Facebook, and I'm reading here real quick. He says, uh, not sure what to ask or say anymore. You know, dead last in the league, not a glimmer of hope in that the situation is going to improve. The first half was at best Christ League of Nouveau. It was a really poor game, really low-level play. Uh, and that's where we lost the game. Way too much room was given to Golfsburg with zero uh, pressure on the ball. Oh, zero pressure on the ball. Uh, he didn't admit it in the press conference, but I blame Baum for that. Uh, Harit wasn't even on the pitch. And uh, why the hell? I, I, I delete the rest of the comment. I didn't get to read it all. But uh, it made some great points. I mean, it's just like we've been scratching our heads on the podcast. Like, where do we go from here? We, we, have, we think where we, we could go, but it just... I mean, Uth, I, th- Uth saying, I think summed it up best is that the players need to do something about it. You know, Baum is doing the best he can, and there are some things that he can improve on, but the players on the pitch have to play. There's no way that you tell me two years ago these, the same, almost the exact same group of players uh, performed fairly decently and, and finished, you know, what, mid-table or whatever. And then this year, we're the worst goal differential in the league. You take out that Bayern score, we're still second to last by one goal. I mean, we're just not playing well at all, and... Uh, Somebody has to step up, and yeah. I, I, I nearly tweeted this out, and I didn't. I was going to say, like, just freaking play the Kanapenschmieder. Maybe they're going to want to play with more passion than when the guys are playing out there now. So, I don't know, man. It's. I mean, Malik Chow was the, the best center back of the three in this game. Sad but true. The guy sad with, but true. with the least experience by quite some margin. Um, he shows yeah. the most discipline as well because he's not going getting you know stupid yellow cards and red cards as well. Yeah. Um, but that's the other thing, like nobody's even, you know, usually when a team is playing poorly and they're pissed off, someone's going to go out there and get start getting yellow cards just, you know, to be like, you know, wake people up. No one's doing that. To Oot's point, no one is doing that. We're just pl- playing very passive, let the teams roll us over. You know, occasionally we'll get, a, we'll get a shot opportunity like we did with Paciencia or, or Ramon or whomever, but it's not enough fight from this team. They got to do more on the pitch. Uh, so it's, it's infuriating. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything you want to get to talk about before we get to the listener questions? No, we can go to the questions. All right, because maybe some things spring up off of that. Uh, first, Lane Plummer, uh, he asks, uh, when Schalke get relegated, is there a scenario that they won't go bankrupt and be forced into the Regina Liga? Um, that's, a, that's a tricky question because, you know, you would think that maybe the, the ownership or something would, would leave or something. And, I mean, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, Lane says uh, uses the word when. Uh, in, in this, in this, uh, <laughs> he's <question>. fully confident, <laughs> which which he is every season and has been that's wrong. True. That's true. That's true. So that's far, true. listen. Um, let's just take this moment to address this. Then, so after the, I mean, mine's 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 put in a decent performance this weekend. They won, yeah. Shaka's bottom of the table. Yeah, Shaka has the fewest goals scored. Shaka has the most goals conceded. So in those very basic metrics, Schalke is the worst team in the season. I mean, in, you know, in the league with, with the worst goal difference. It, it's it's not looking good. I understand that. Yeah. It's entirely possible that we could get relegated. Yep. But we are one point from safety, and it is November. So the idea that I'm that I'm that I'm seeing as much as I am after this Wolfsburg game. People like talking about like you know how we're going to restructure when we're in Bundesliga two. You know we're definitely going down. All this kind of stuff. It's 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 wrong. It's silly and it's just not helpful at this point. I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to claim and like you know say that like all all the Schalke players are are super active on social media and they're reading what people say and it's affecting their psychology. <laughs> I, I mean I have no idea you know if any of these people are active on you know read anything. They don't us. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I mean no one watches this podcast. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and nor should they, by the way. But <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is like, is like, you know, it, how can we affect things as fans minimally, like very minimally. But the one thing that we can do is we can try to remain as, as supportive as possible and, and be constructive with the kind of things we're doing. And, and everyone immediately going into nuclear, you know, winter, like we're definitely getting relegated, defeatist, you know, nihil- all, all this kind of stuff, pessimistic attitude. Um I, I don't think that's helpful to the psychology of the team, which it's increasingly looking like that is the biggest problem with the team, if anything, is the psychology of it. So I, I think as a fan base, we need to do everything in our power to, you know, encourage and push the team on. And yeah, let them know that you're not happy. But like, I mean, the idea that we're saying it's already over and we're getting relegated when we're one point from safety in November is absurd. Where how let me ask this to the to the to the people that feel this way is how were you feeling about this team like a year ago today? Or like you know, winter winter pausa, you know, winter pausa last season. Champions you were, League, you were feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's what I look mean. How, look how quickly things change in the second half of the season, right? Yeah. Okay, so how are you feeling now? Things can change very quickly. Yeah. Now, are, are you seeing indic you know indications and in things that would get you encouraged to expect that change? Absolutely not. Like I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be delusional and say and, and, and claim that there are things that that are there to see that aren't there to see. Yeah. But the idea that this is over, it's absolutely not. And, and I think we need to move on from that as soon as possible and actually try to be a little bit more constructive. It is 2020, and there's a very good chance that once January 2021 hits, we hit, we turn back to that team that we saw 12 months ago, and then all of a sudden we go on a winning streak. We're like, oh, my God. When's the last time we won a game? Gladbach. Who Gladbach. are we playing next week? Gladbach. I mean, that's all, I mean, maybe that's the elixir. This is the first time we played them. It's still them. 2020. They're, they're I don't the know. Ones who started the streak. <laughs> maybe they can end it. Who, who knows? All I'm saying is not, we're not there yet. Yeah, so that's what, that's also back to my other point was is that you know this same group of t- group of players were fighting for a Champions League spot twelve months ago, and all of a sudden now they can't even you know string two passes together. It's something's there. These players aren't bad. Are they are they uh, uh, Bundesliga title contenders? No, 
but they're not the bottom of the table. They're they're probably maybe a middle middle table team. Um, but there's no way you tell me all these group of players are that bad. I mean, they couldn't have dropped form that fast in 12 months. It's something psychological we've seen. Um, and even even Sebastian Rudy, you know, taken for whatever you want to, you know, a grain of salt. But he's even mentioned the psyche of this team is fragile when he left the team. He's like, the team is just don't have it mentally. And he's right. You can see it in the play. Like you're talking about during the game, people are dropping their heads and it's still the first half. You're like, come on, really? It's not where's the fight? The coal miner mentality, never give up. They're, they don't have that at the moment. They need to figure that out quick. Um, but yeah, it's it's infuriating. But I will ask you this. Uh, you made some great points, and I, I agree with you 100%. But based on the play right now, we look like a uh, we look like a, a relegation team at times, more times than not. Oh, no, like. absolutely. And, and and I'm not I'm not I'm not claiming that we don't. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, right. I, I'm simply saying we are not at a point in the season where that where that conversation is necessary at all. Yep. In the sense that you know, I mean, re- relegation isn't isn't about isn't about like. How, what form have we been in so far yeah. necessarily it, it's, it's a mathematical equation at the end of the season and it's far too early for you know the, the data to be that relevant when when the, when the gaps are this small well you know it seems like relegation is the theme of the show because uh our next question uh comes from don de brito it says uh one will Schalke win any games in a fight to bundesliga two will the freak of finally happen when we get relegated and three is it possible to get an update on youth prospect mikhail maiden uh, on the Schalke U19s. Uh, no, but uh, we want to look up the Norwegian player. Uh, we will get to it on a later episode because we do want to deep dive into the, the Kanapenschmiede to the Youth youth Academy. But uh, to the first couple questions, um, who, who, if, let's, let's say, let's say hypothetical. Yeah, I mean, this, 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 yeah, this is what I'm saying is, is like, you yeah. know, it's already yeah. assuming that we're going to go down. And then it's asking the question, seriously, will we even win any games there? Yeah. If we were to go down? Are, are, are we gonna go on a win the streak? And I mean, like, like that's this, this is not this is not an important conversation. Yeah. No, <laughs> no offense to anybody that's submitting questions. I just mean like this is not like yeah, I know. And, and I but, get that everyone wants to be self-deprecating as a coping mechanism and just be like, oh, look how bad we are. Like I get it, but like I mean, come on. So number two, you know, I wanted I almost wanted him to clarify because he says, you know, will Frikatucci finally happen? I was like, well, in what sense? Will he be with the club? Yeah, I don't right. think so. I don't think so. He said he'll be free technically because we saw those rumors earlier on in the in the preseason where they were like, "Oh, Katucci might be going to Sassuolo or whomever." Um, so, yeah, Katucci isn't the issue right now. Yeah, the, the the lack of of Ahmed Katucci in the lineup is not is not the problem. There's there's been things in the past that I've been upset about in terms of like I'm seeing certain things from our from our play from our strikers or whatever that that I think Katucci makes up for some of those. Um, deficiencies that would help the team in a significant way. Um, I, yeah, I still want to mm-hmm. see more of Katucci. This was only his second appearance this, this season, but um, I, I don't think the issue is that like Pasiansi and Uth are just like not giving you something that Katucci can give you right now. I think it's just the, 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 the lack of any sort of consistent possession in the final third is, is, is half the problem. And once again, as we said earlier, like, you know, Pasiansi cannot be asked to be a, a, a consistent and reliable goal scorer if he's picking up the ball on the wings by the end line, a la yeah. Guido Bergstahl the past couple of seasons. That, that's not that, that's not where you want your your players to be, and it's not always his fault that he's there either. I heard he's got 15 goals uh, this season so far. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? If that was the case, that would make Good me for happy, him. honestly. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Yeah. It would tell you where the problem is with us. Not I, I'm channeling a little Bergstahler energy with the with the winter beanie. Yeah, I, I should get my uh, ugly Bergstahler yeah, yeah, sweater yeah. that yeah. I have. 
uh, which I have to bust out some. I'm glad Dirk made that comment in in in, in the comments in the chat group uh, because one of our questions kind of relates to that. Uh, so Paul Forster on Facebook he asked, "When is the last time Shocker were at the bottom of the table this far into the season?" And uh, and I knew the answer, but you know Dirk says 93-94, uh, Shocker were dead last after match day eight. They finished 14th that season, so there's always hope. Uh, that is true, and there there's many seasons where we've been you know, pretty close to being this bad. Uh, back in 2016-2017, we were 14th at this stage. Uh, who where else? Uh, let me look. Uh, where some we had some bad years, a couple years. Um, not often, though. Most of the time, we're in the top 10. Uh, in 98-99, we were 13th at this point. Um, but you know, those are worse worse years. So there's always hope. There is always hope, but um, yeah, and that, that's 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 the theme. If there's a theme of this particular podcast, it's that. Yes, there is cause for concern. No, there is not cause for defeatism at this point. Yeah. And that would just be my my general message. I mean, because you and I have been concerned since the summer break. We were back when we were talking about, you know, we were about are we gonna our... win any of our first five games? Is I mean, so we've been concerned. We're I think not, we're, we're bad being... since uh I think we're this like this way since the uh, end of January last year when we like after those games, like what's going on here? Yeah, probably. I mean, uh... we, we see the same things other people are seeing. It's just yeah, it's just let's let's try to do whatever small thing we can to to help the team and encourage them on rather than you know, resign them to their fate. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of the comments was, is there, I don't remember from who it was, but they were saying, uh, is there any way to still have optimism? It might've been Schalke UK. Is there any reason we should still be optimistic? And I was like, yeah, you know what? 2020 is almost over. <laughs> this hell of a year is almost over. Uh, so maybe that, maybe when that, the clock changes, the calendar changes, maybe the team will freaking finally wake up out of this twilight zone. I don't know. Um, well, the last comment that I had that uh, was um, well, not last question, but last comment. Uh, Eric the German says, uh, "Shaka for drinks. It's the only way to get through the current times, and that's how we're getting through." That's why Shaka for and their fans use substances responsibly. That's right, absolutely. Uh, and then the last question I got, um, at least from uh, that I saw, it says, uh, uh, "At German Dad in LA says, uh, which players can lead us through the relegation battle?" So you know we are in a relegation battle at the moment. Uh, what players are going? We need to step up, or are capable of stepping up. I mean, it seems like Mark Oot is maybe into this. He's ready. He's trying to call out. He's crying out for help. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Um, Ibisevich somehow obviously has some fight in him. Maybe with other players. I don't know. But yeah, I think Paciencia's public communications have been pretty positive and have. Frederick Renov has been brilliant this season. There's no reason yeah. to blame him at all. I think for he's sure. been our best player by far. Yeah, he's, he's got won. a very, very good save percentage. I think it's one of the top like three save percentages in the in the league. I don't know if it still is after the Wolfsburg game, but it was. Yeah, going into it. Uh, <laughs> Dirk mentioned DeSanto in the chat. That's that's an immediate <laughs> excommunication. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he said, "Yeah, he said DeSanto got a drink to it, right?" <sighs> Cheers. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know, man. It uh, we just need we just need the guys need to step up and play because. Uh, Mascaro has to be a good player. I mean, both help defensively and offensively. We need our freaking center backs to, to everyone defensively, not just center backs. Everyone, when we're playing defensively, when we have that many men back, you really should be clogging up the defense, marking, keeping your marking there. Your zonal marking has got to be right. And we're not marking anybody at the moment. We're letting guys just, you know, coast on by. And we see plays like the Schlager goal between him and Veghorst just, you know, playing tic tac toe with each other all the way down the pitch. You can't happen. Take people out. You know, even a sausage who was good for yellow cards hasn't been getting yellow lately because he's just been too passive. Um, and it, it makes you miss Calajuri because at least you'd think that we might be able to like steal a couple goals on set pieces or something. Yeah, at but. least at least against Dortmund, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and, I, and I think everyone's in agreement that, you know, not having the fans there, at least at home games, is really hurting the team because they can really they, they help push our team to that next level to get a little bit better, especially when they're playing piss poor and would call them out at the end of the games, you know, when they played four. So anyway, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a crazy game. We got Gladbach next. Uh, there are no slouches either. But, you know, if anything, you know, this last year has told, told us anything, you know, we it's very unpredictable. At this point last year, Gladbach was one of the best teams in the league, and we, we found a way to have a beautiful match against them, win 2 nothing. Baum just needs to play that match on replay against them uh, for the guys before that match. Like Kind of like Rudy. Play Rudy, too. How about that? Just do anything you can. I don't know. I mean, what you got, Jack? I think, like, you know, that's what I'm saying is that I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm not optimistic, but I'm just saying, you know, if we, if we want to be funny about it for, <laughs> for, for two seconds, I'm not making any sense right now. I, yeah. uh, it would it would be great for for the uh, for the jokes if 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 Gladbach was the turning point for us. It would um, be like I said, that be. was the last time we won a Bundesliga match, and that's our opponent next week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we figure out. But yeah, the main thing is these next these next we've gotten through the initial phase of of Baum, in my opinion, and so now the question is, are we going to start seeing improvement? Um, Wolfsburg game, we haven't, and 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 it's it's beginning to look like I said that it that it's maybe not something that the manager can. Can affect all that much. David Wagner was clearly struggling with it. Baum was struggling with it. Tedesco was struggling with it previously. It's 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 and there's a lot of the same guys that have been you know throughout these teams. So I, I don't know what the issue is, but um you know that that's the thing. There's the one point from safety. Long way to go this season. Just got to string a couple of results together at some point. And I mean, I think I think as Schalke fans, if we are um and we, as long as we don't get relegated, I think we're going to be okay with this season because I think we're all in agreement that this probably is, you know, one of our weaker squads in recent years. Yeah. We, we didn't have high expectations for this year, but I do think the squad is good enough to avoid the drop. I think it absolutely is. Yeah. I agree. Um, and uh, they just need to find a way to unlock that in themselves. I don't have the answers. That's why uh, I'm, I'm talking on the internet instead of, you know, actually in those jobs or something, but. Should be playing football manager 21, 2021 yeah, and see what exactly. you can do. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't got. I don't got any answers either. And uh, I mean, none of the fans are. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna reap and uh, cry and and try to give our opinions. But it doesn't. At the end of the day, we're not the ones making the decisions, and, and we're not the ones on the pitch playing. And I think that's the the big thing there. I think Baum has got the team in in a position that they can do something, can change. It's up to the players now to just step up and 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 change this game. And I'm and I'm tired of seeing the same song week in week out because it's it's not as fun. Believe me. We would rather be here talking about all the wins and beating, you know, beating Dorman, beating, you know, left and right, whoever. But uh, something's need to change, and it's, it's, it's certainly a mentality thing. Uh, we thought that maybe the international break would help with at least with the with, with the planning, but that didn't help. So let's see what we do against Babak. Um, you know, we're, we're, we got another DFP poll cow match uh, not too long from now. I think I can't remember exactly the date of that, but uh, Gladbach's a game we got to focus on. I'm curious, you know, do we see Bosdawan again? You know, that's somebody who I've been missing to see. Yeah. Or maybe Vujilab or something like that, but let's see what happens here the next week. I'll, I'll pay. We'll be paying close attention to the news here to see you know what's going on here. Maybe we hear more about this Abisovic and Naldo scuffle that we've been hearing so much about today. And yeah, um, and I'm, I, I'm go ahead. It, it would be interesting to see. Um, I mean, if people are critical of, of Omar Mascarell and, and there's there's a growing tide of people that think maybe there needs to be something to change there. It'd be interesting to see if um, sort of the midfield shape that we've been employing recently, where it's you know, a, a deep central midfielder and then two people slightly more advanced flanking him if you invert that. And then maybe you play like, you know, Bozduan and Bentaleb as your more deeper holding midfielders and then Serdar as, a, as more of an advanced 
more centrum, something like that. I don't know. I, I, but I think there's still things that we can tweak and experiment um, to get the right combination of people on the field and, 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 you know, maximize our output. Yeah. Uh, Dirk is saying we're having a New York Rangers kind of season. I was like, can we have that 93, 94 season where they won the same like up? That'd be nice. I'd take that. Oh, anyway. Um, I mean, there's not much else to say that we lost again to nothing at a home this time. It doesn't really matter yeah. where we play, uh, but it hurts a lot when we're at home. Cause we don't have those fans. So yeah, let's, uh, let's see what we can do with Gladbach. Uh, it'd be a big game for us. All the games are big from here here on out. Just, just, just be competitive. That's all, all we ask. Um, let's. Uh, oh, before we before we close this out, uh, make sure you sign up for the Schalke U.S. newsletter. Uh, not only are you going to get info on the club, but you're going to get the latest on the local fan clubs across North America, and even hear about our podcast as well as as in the latest episodes. So uh, definitely sign up for that. All you do is give up your email, and you're going to get. Uh, monthly uh newsletter so definitely check that out uh, especially if you're in the uh, in north america so uh keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the royal blues uh we want to thank shaka and all our followers for providing tidbits for our podcast tonight any topics you would like us to discuss or any videos you want us to make on youtube let us know at shock america uh jack any uh shout outs you want to give out to tonight i think what we need is we need nbc for nashville to conduct an investigative report Hey, there we into go. what's wrong with the psychology of Schalke. I'd be interested to hear their findings on the matter. But um, Interesting. <laughs> in the meantime, J.M. Mangan, J.M.M.A.N.G.A.N. on Twitter. Uh, very good. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Uh, you can find me anywhere at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, check out our YouTube page. We did release out uh, the Manual Bomb Tactics video, so check that out. Uh, and until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready. And we'll be with you soon. Shoes.